We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we have another style episode for you today. It has been actually a little bit of time since we've done a style episode. I've been looking through our episode history, and I was trying to find a style that we hadn't done yet or a style that we haven't done very often, and uh, I realized it's been, I want to say, almost... 12 episodes since we've done a style. Oh, wow. That so I long? think it's been about three months, maybe a little bit under that. I could be slightly exaggerating that. I tend to do that. but I love when we do style episodes because I usually say something stupid that's like incorrect or you ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know that. And then three of my good beer friends are like, yo, it's this and this. But it's like after the like episode, we were Mex- so there's Yeah, nothing. we were talking Mexican lagers and my buddy Todd jumps off his motorcycle and he's like, it's, it's corn, man. And I was like, corn? What? It's oh, corn, yeah, 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 Mexican yeah. lager, and you're like, oh, duh, I know that. So I was looking, and the only dark beer style that we have done thus far is the bourbon barrel-aged stout. I guess we can consider ambers slash reds as a dark beer, quote-unquote, right. but it's on the border. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, let's go pick another style of dark beer. And I was looking around today at, at John's, and I was seeing what I could find that had multiple options, because another reason I like doing these episodes is because we get to drink the beer that we're talking about before it's, Beer of the Week. It's like extra beer episode. Yes. So I found two different oatmeal stouts. Groovy. And I was like, okay, let's do oatmeal stout. We were looking for Irish stouts, because you mentioned that last week on the podcast. And One of my favorite styles. You're starting to dig the Irish stout even more and more now, and I wanted to you know, feed into that a little bit, but I found... I. I guess the closest thing to an Irish stout would be an oatmeal stout. We're kind of going, we're kind of going up the line from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else would be? Yeah, because I mean, a Baltic porter is going to be too much. Uh, too much? You mean delicious? <laughs> I just mean in terms of being an Irish stout. Yeah, not much are as dry as like an Irish stout. So yeah. and I, I, think, I like doing oatmeal. I think oatmeal is like the next step up because it's it's not super like syrupy sweet or barrel aged obviously it's just kind of it's a sweet spot stout right in the middle and i think you see oatmeal stouts on the market a lot more yes i think because a lot of people like them more than even just typical like american stouts or russian imperials or anything like that and the and the dry irish is hard to package because anybody out there that wants a dry irish is just going to drink guinness that is true. That is true. And that was a thought that crossed my mind, not getting Guinness, but going into the European section of John's and seeing if I could find some other Irish stouts from Ireland. But uh, I found these instead. Yeah, this so works. I think I'm a little happier about this decision as well. So uh, we'll get to that in a second here. You can find us all over the place podcast-wise, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio.com, 1080TheFan.com, Omni. You can also find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. And we as a podcast are on Instagram at Beers on Us. We've been posting semi-regularly there and we are promoting the episodes and taking pictures of the beers that we're drinking and stuff. So you can find us there. We've gotten actually a decent amount of uh, DMs mm-hmm. on Instagram sharing yep. beers and stuff. And 
uh, comments and likes and stuff on the post. So appreciate that. You can go follow us there if you have yet to do so if you are an Instagram user. Uh, my weekend beer was honestly nothing spectacular. I don't, I don't really remember too much of what I even drank. So it wasn't, it wasn't even like I had this new beer where I had this. Oh, I'll tell you what I had that I do remember. Uh, it was because we talked about the brewery in California last week. Okay, and uh, we RJ, one of our listeners, sent us the twenty percent that he got. Oh sent. yeah, the picture. Yeah, I went and found. Well, I didn't intentionally find, but I found a brewery beer at New Season, surprisingly. And uh, it was a fourteen percent, and it was in a, it was a bourbon barrel aged stout with uh, it was like a coconut macaroon, I believe it was. Wow! And it was very good, and it was not overly coconut macaroony, which I think when you get into flavored beers that are supposed to be after a mm-hmm. certain type of dessert, it gets to be a little much. This was not; it was very pleasant. It was uh, it was a mild coconut macaroon flavor that kind of complemented the really heavy barrel aged stout, which was. Quite delicious. That's really nice to hear because I think coconut is so dangerously borders on suntan lotion. Oh yeah, if you too much it. coconut is just like uh, yeah, hundred percent. I've had beers that have had a little too much coconut in them. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's not very good. And uh, but no, I enjoyed that one, and I'm going to keep an eye out for more from them because, at least from what I've seen in pictures and at a store now, it appears as if they might be doing a lot of bourbon barrel aged stuff, which is right up my alley. Nice. Uh, my weekend beer was pretty chill as well, but on Saturday I was able to get down to the Bit Burger Challenge. Oh, I saw Prost. that picture. Um, that was a lot of fun. They had it has eight... nothing to do with burgers, does it? No, no, no. Bitburger is a little disappointed in that, but okay. <laughs> Bitburger is one of the largest German breweries uh, in the world. They've been around for a long time. Um, and Prost, I found out, is actually the largest seller of Bitburger beer in America. They have like five locations. They got one in Seattle, one here, one in San Francisco. I think they're opening another one in Bend. Anyway, so they flew out some of the like one of the head brewmasters and one of the seventh generation owners of Bitburger and they did this blind pilsner challenge where they invited all these breweries to come down and and submit a German pilsner and you didn't know you knew the breweries that were involved but you didn't know which beer was what and it was based out of 30 points broken into three categories of 10 appearance aroma and flavor oh so it's different <clears throat> excuse me it's different than the IPA challenge you did where you had to guess the correct beer right you just completely untainted by or unbiased you just rated the beers yep so this should be the perfect way to find out who had the best german pilsner right and the winner of it because there was a popular vote and then they had a panel of some distinguished guests including the bitburger people uh they blindly did their scores as well and the winner is being flown to germany to collab on a pill on a beer with bitburger that's really so it's a cool. pretty cool thing you know and the breweries involved let me see if i can name all eight there was chuckanut wayfinder breakside freem aslan rubens georgetown deschutes that's eight that's eight. Oh, perfect. You oh, can count God. on your finger. You well, were looking. You were well, like, you had eight fingers <laughs> up, and you were looking down at them like you were confused well, as to people, what was next. People have been asking me which breweries, and I keep forgetting one. So when I got to eight, I figured I was just at seven because I was like, oh, there's one more. Um, were they were they all good? Like, did you enjoy all of them? Well, what was interesting was I think I posted my scores on uh, on the Beers on Us podcast Instagram page, and what was interesting was I really liked two, three, and five. I thought, um, based on a lot of these breweries that I've drank a lot, I thought two was Wayfinder, three was Freem, 
and five was us. I was only correct about Wayfinder, but I got lucky because I'm pretty sure the beer they put in there was Party Time Pills, and oh, we had just done that as a beer yeah, of the week. So yeah, I was we like, did. I know this beer, uh, and I'd been drinking a lot of Frame Pilsner in the can lately. So I thought that's what led me to number three. And number five, I was just straight homer bias. I was like, this beer is really good. It must be us. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it, wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. No, number five, I think, was Rubens. It was my favorite beer um, of all of them. Which is unsurprising because you love Rubens. I know. I know. I'm actually going there on Saturday. I'm really jacked. Nice. And uh, so that so that's what I thought. Three ended up being Chuck Nut, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. And you that's know, also Chuck Nut makes great beer. One was Freem. I liked it, but it didn't stand out to me like two, three, and five did. Four, I didn't care for. Um, six, which was us, I thought was good, but, you know, I it didn't taste like a Breakside beer to me, so that's probably what kind of threw me off with it. Uh, I don't remember seven, which says that. And then eight, I thought was a really good beer. It just didn't taste like a Pilsner, in my opinion, and some of the peeps I was with um, kind of agreed. Uh, and it turns out number eight was the winner from the popular vote and the judging panel. Both. Both wow. of them. I thought, I thought number eight... Had a really cool hop character, but it tasted kind of like a hoppy pale ale. Like, I would love to have had a pint of it, but it just didn't seem like a Pilsner to me. So who was So it? I rated it very low. It was Deschutes. Oh. And so Deschutes won the Bitburger Challenge, so someone's going to go over there and make a beer. That's really How cool. How great is that for them? That's awesome. I think that's awesome. You know, it's we talk about this all the time with the, you know... They're not like a small brewery that needs it, but it's cool because I feel like Deschutes has been... At least in maybe the the higher tier craft beer circles, it's kind of been supplanted by some of the other breweries. Right, right. And you look at that and you're like, Wayfinder and Chuckanut and Freem, these, you know, madly respected lager breweries to where, you know, Deschutes has been around for so long that they're not, they they're, seem on the market, they're not as exciting they as very, these new breweries. Very, very wide range very of beers. Very wide range, yeah. So I thought it was really cool for a big brewery like Deschutes to kind of sneak in and be like, hey guys. We can still make great beer. We're there was, still we're still uh, independently owned and really good. Yeah, there there <laughs> was there was some really great beers on on the table, which was really nice. And to find out, you know that you know Chuckin' Up made a great beer, I'm shocked. Wayfinder had a great beer, I'm shocked. Well, when you're Rubens, talking German I'm Pilsner, I'm like, oh, so Wayfinder and Chuckin' Up and Freem are going to dominate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's what that's what we kind of thought too. Uh, so that was really fun, and it was just I thought one thing that was really cool is some of those blind tastings. You know, like like the Hop House Challenge with the IPAs don't necessarily bring a lot of brewery industry people, like brewers specifically, to that. And I was hanging out with Conrad from Culmination and Matt from Modern Times and ran into a friend of the podcast, Justin Walker from Freem. And, you know, ran into some Breakside kids as well and, and you know, met some of the chucking up peeps and and so that was really cool to see, like, some heavy hitters of the beer industry in Portland and, you know, north of us being at this event. I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. You had a way better week in beer than I did. That sounds like an event that would have been so much fun to go to. It was. I, mean, I was only there for, like, two hours, and I just talked about it for, like, ten minutes. Right. Well, yeah. and you got to mingle with people you hadn't met, and you got to say hi to people that you knew, and, you know, it just sounds fun. Yeah, it was a really cool time. Now, if they did the burger pairing like the Burger Brewer Brawl we did, <laughs> bit burger, I can see try where your Pilsners, have a little slider, maybe eight sliders is too much, unless you're eating White Castle, but <laughs> I, I, I would also like some burgers. Yeah, that was fun. And I'm excited I'm going to Seattle this weekend, so I'll report back next week. I uh, I wish that when I went to Seattle on my Victoria trip that my family cares more about craft beer. They do not. My, yeah. my in-laws. And also, 
we didn't have a car, so lifting. There wasn't any breweries that I wanted to go to in walking distance of where we were. Yeah. Rubens was a drive. Uh, there was a well, the the lift driver told me to go to Holy Mountain. I, I've heard about Holy Mountain, but it was also a drive. Everywhere that I wanted to go to was a drive, so I yeah. didn't get a chance. So next time I go, maybe we can go up for a podcast at some point and and do multiple spots or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, next no, time no. I want to I want to try a lot of the beer from on tap in Seattle because I haven't had a lot of experiences. Like yeah, that. I'm probably just gonna hit Rubens on Saturday because it's kind of on the way to where I'm going. I mean, it's definitely off the beaten path in terms of like I five and getting to where I want. But I think I'm gonna stop there. But I want to catch. The Mariner game on Sunday at one, and I might have some time before that. I don't know yet. I haven't quite decided. Did you know that they took down that entire weird overpass road that was right along the water? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The highway. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. I know. They're building a tunnel under the city. That sucks. Ninety nine was the secret way around things. I know. I mean, the not so secret way around. I mean, it was traffic every time I was up there, but. Now they're making a tunnel under there. Okay. Very interesting. Anyway, let's get into our style podcast as I start talking traffic for no reason. Um, <laughs> hey so, man, nice weather out there, too. <laughs> how about that rain that's happening right now? It is raining right now, too, in Portland. That's actually kind of fun. I know. It's been a little bit since we've seen that. So we got two beers in front of us here that are both oatmeal stouts. Uh, these are the two that I found that were from Oregon. I, I specifically was looking for local beers for us here, although I guess technically this one's not from Oregon. Uh, from the, from the Oregon slash Southwest Washington area, uh, I got the Backwoods Ridge Run Stout, which is a solid oatmeal stout made with chocolate malt, oatmeal, and roasted barley. This stout gives off a lighter chocolate taste in the front and finishes with subtle espresso notes, medium-bodied, well-balanced, and smoky throughout. And then I also got this one, which Patrick is holding. The Stormbreaker Brewing Opacus oatmeal stout two beer loving guys who will do battle with sasquatch clouds for the perfect beer we put our heart soul and bigfoot hunting skills into every ounce of each batch thank you for telling me nothing about this yeah beer. that has nothing here we go the aromas of cocoa deep roast and caramel are followed by flavors of toffee dark chocolate and coffee as rich as dark and rich as the clouds for which is named this creamy full-bodied stout is the perfect beer to help you survive those cloudy days okay so as we continue to pour quickly or maybe not quickly. You take as much time as you want. Uh, in your opinion or in your research, what makes an oatmeal stout so much different than the other stouts? Is it just as simple as, hey, we use oatmeal malt in this and that's an oatmeal stout? Yeah, they're using they're using oats in it. I mean, what I read is like a lot of it is, you know. Oatmeal malt is incorrect, by the way. Just uh, oatmeal or oats. Yes. <laughs> oats, yeah. <laughs> that a lot of it is, you know, somewhere up to around like 30% oats. And it's not meant to taste like oats, but something about that is creating it's supposed to create more of a creamier uh smoothness to help you get through the oatmeal stout so it's very different than a dry irish stout which is very dry some of them you get a little nuttiness but not all of them chocolate stouts are very sweet and more robust Mm -hmm. and things like that to where i think this is supposed to kind of meet in the middle is what i would say um yeah, again, you're not supposed to get heavy oat flavor. I mean, they use a lot of oat. People use a lot of oats in hazies, in hazy IPAs. And I think it's that same idea. It's just kind of smoothing it out. It's probably meant to cover up some of the bitterness from hops in hazy IPAs. Um, so to see them doing them, they've been doing them in stouts for a lot longer, obviously. That's uh, that's the direction they're trying to go. Is Do you think that that part of an oatmeal stout makes it maybe the most approachable type of stout because it smooths it out. Hmm. It's not overly sweet. It's not overly bitter. It's just kind of desserty without feeling like you're drinking sugar. Rich. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I if we don't count like dark lagers, if we don't count like Schwartz beers and things like that. I guess I'm thinking like stouts. Yeah. 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 If you get into the stout category themselves, yeah, I would say so. Probably because of the creaminess and the smoothness. I mean. New drinkers to craft beer are always going to want something that's clean and smooth. You know, they they aren't going to want, you know, it's hard to find somebody that just jumps in and wants, you know, a hoppy AF West Coast IPA, you know, or I mean, maybe a, maybe something that has a little more residual sweetness might be an opener, you know, as we've talked with ambers and reds and even some barrel aged stuff with some people. But yeah, I would probably say this is one of the more approachable stouts because, yeah, it's not too thick, not too heavy. Um not going to be over-the-top sweet, over-the-top roast or chocolate, but kind of, yeah, try to meet you right in the middle. I also wonder, because of the oatmeal being used in the beer, if it allows for more depth of flavor in this type of stout. Now, the reason I like stouts as much as I do, it is my favorite style of beer as a whole, is because there's so much depth of flavor. It is like every sip is a rainbow of flavors from mm-hmm. chocolate to cocoa to espresso to vanilla to whatever is is in there there's so many depths of flavors that's the reason i like it especially if it's barrel aged you get some of that extra you know barrel effect or even the bourbon or whatever it's barrel aged in 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 the beer as well do you think because the oatmeal is in it that it allows for way more kind of creativity in these types of beers because it, it'll mellow out kind of the craziness you're putting into it probably yeah i mean if anything it's probably just going to push those malts forward a lot more you know i mean i think as i'm tasting this backwoods beer they're kind of nailing it in this description that it's made with chocolate malt oatmeal and roasted barley gives off a lighter chocolate taste on the front and finishes with subtle espresso notes and i think that's totally correct i think the chocolate is up front i get a little nuttiness in the back end with with the espresso notes, but yeah, I think I think that's a good way to put it. That you're getting a little more of a I don't want to say roller coaster because it's not like highs and lows, but yeah, more of an adventure through the palate as this beer kind of hits you. I don't know why I said the word rainbow, but no, I like it. That's what popped in my I head. Like different it. it's, colors, it's start, different flavors. Yeah, it's a start to finish. It crescendos up and then dissipates like like it would in the back end of your palate. And I'm getting that in the Stormbreaker one too. They say toffee, caramel, roast. I get the roast really strong in the in the Stormbreaker beer. I uh, got a little bit of the caramel and a little bit of the toffee too. And I, I think that's why that's that's why my love for this style of beer is so high is because we have two oatmeal stouts in front of us, mm-hmm. right? And they are similar in some ways, but very different in the intricacies of the beer. Whereas if we were to put two Mexican lagers in front of us when we've done that, there are differences. You can tell it's a different beer, but generally you're having a kind of similar flavor yeah. profile. And here it's like, oh, this Stormbreaker one, I'm getting, I'm getting that roast and that toffee, which is not in this uh, backwoods beer, which is a little bit more chocolatey than uh, than the Stormbreaker. I I I would 100 percent agree, and I think what it's what it's telling us is that the use of oats is there for mouthfeel, but yeah, it's letting them play. These are two very different beers. I mean, yeah, they're both. You can tell they're both oatmeal stouts, but yeah, they're very different. I love, I really like the body on this Stormbreaker one. It seems a little lighter than uh the backwoods one but if you really love that chocolate malt that malt's coming just shining through in the beginning of the backwoods so that's rad i mean who doesn't want a style i mean it's similar to you know like ipas how many west coast ipas can you have that are extremely different and that's all due to the different hop varieties that are being used but yeah you're right so why not do that in an oatmeal stout with your malt you know play around with it create it your own because i think the oatmeal stout the brand is going to sell. 
Like, I don't think anybody's looking at these two beers and saying, you know, okay, well, I don't like toffee, but I really like caramel. Which one of these should I buy? No, they're going to look at it and say, ooh, oatmeal stouts? I like oatmeal stouts. Even if they don't realize, you know, the differences between the two. Well, and my dad's favorite beer ever, and this might be why I like the style so much, is he is a Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout mm. devotee. And uh, classic. It, well, yeah, that's even more classic, than classic beer. That's like the original. Yeah, yeah, that's outside that's, of maybe Guinness. It might even be predating Guinness. I have no idea. But that's um, one of the OG stouts out there. Yeah. And he drank that and still does to this day. When I, it's funny, when I go back home, and they've got their little like alcohol fridge in the in the basement, and I'll go in there, and there is always like three different types of Sam Smiths. He also has the Imperial Stout in there, and I think they have a uh, Taddy Porter as well. Okay, dark beer guy. Yeah, See, yeah. there's the jeans. Yeah, there you go. And now he has Blackview Porter in there as well because he loves Blackview Porter. Yep, yep. And I think I told the story. My mom had to go to Pennsylvania to get it and drive it back to New Jersey That's for him. So, so great. There is uh, all dark beer for the most part in there, and he has three different types of Samuel Smiths at all times. And uh, yeah, the oatmeal stout is a classic stout. And that's the interesting thing is that that oatmeal stout to me is the most mild of all the oatmeal stouts I've ever had. It's very simple. I'm not sure they they go too over the top in the various flavors that are in that beer outside of they use the oats. It makes it smooth. They have malts in it, obviously. I'm not sure which ones are used in it. But uh, it's it's way more tame than either of these two beers. Yeah. Because these have a lot more experimentation where that's like a, a steady formula for that beer, a recipe for that beer, I should say, that they're not going to change. Yeah, and like, I mean, even sitting here trying to like, not that that's the whole po- point of like the style episode, but I'm trying to decide which of these that I like more, and I, I can't. I think they're both different and unique in their own ways, and I think at least what the, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know these brewers... Personally, but I think what I can read off the the notes on the bottles is like they're both going for similar but different things. Yep. I think my palate leans toward the Stormbreaker just because I think it's got a little lighter body. Um, and I think my palate leans towards the Backwoods because it's a little bit sweeter. You get a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're a dark beer drinker like yourself, I think that the Backwoods is, is going to talk to you. I just think it's... I'm so happy we're doing this because it's like it mm-hmm. really gets me excited talking about this kind of stuff. Like when I I'll go into a store knowing that I want a certain style of beer. This is what I do on Sundays. I'll go into New Seasons or sometimes, although it's not, you know, near my house, it's on the way to work. I'll stop at John's and I usually I usually try to get four beers for the day. Right. Because I get home from work at about noon and I just want for the rest of the day, I just want to, you know. Nurse on four different beers. Yeah, hang out, maybe do some chores, play some video games, whatever. Right, I got laundry going. Once the NFL season starts, we got the NFL on, which starts in a couple weeks. And I just go through those four beers throughout the day. And what I try to do is I alternate. I'll get two lights and two darks. And I go, you know, light beer to start because it's a little easier to go with like a lunch food that I have for lunch. Dark beer when I'm hanging out, light beer, dark beer. But if I go in and I'm looking for dark beers and I go to New Seasons or I go to John's, I don't necessarily worry as much about the breweries. I don't necessarily worry as much about the malts used. I just am like, if it's a dark beer and it's got a good depth of flavor and it's a brewery I've heard of and I've heard good things, I'm going to like it. Yeah. I know I'm going to like totally. it. Totally. And I, maybe you feel the same way about West Coast IPAs. I do. I do. You it's... go find any West Coast IPA from a place that you even somewhat trust, even if it's a place you haven't been to in a while, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll like this There's beer. probably a little placebo effect. 
You know, if we're being honest, you know, if you look at it, you know, if I see a West Coast IPA from Freem, you know, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give that a shot. Sure, why not? That sounds great. If I see a Hellas Lager from Chuckanut, you, you know, using some of the breweries we were talking earlier, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to imagine this is pretty good. It's kind of like, you know, I, th- I think we see this at all, all the time. Like you mentioned Holy Mountain earlier. I have Holy Mountain has been kind of hit or miss for me. I've enjoyed some stuff. They have a, a wit beer up there that they they've been making for a long time that I think is a really quality wit. Um, and some of their barrel aged saisons come out really nicely. But some of it I've been kind of you know a little underwhelmed about. On the black market, that is gold. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with just that name. So I think there, I think oatmeal stout kind of, you know, bringing us back full circle here. I think oatmeal stout can at times run into that because it's a style that you know you like, you know you want, and you look at backwoods and you're like, I've been there, I've had the pizza, Carson's beautiful, and Stormbreaker, that patio on a sunny day on Mississippi. I'm sure this is going to be good. Yep. Fortunately, we're sitting in front of two really nice beers right now, so they don't have to lean on that. But I think that's one thing that's really great about this style. And and I think to hammer my point home is I don't drink a lot of Stormbreaker beer. Mm-hmm. If I'm going into a place that has a ton of options, that's not usually the place that I go. Not because I don't like them. It's just there are other places that I tend to, to lean towards first. But when I see Oatmeal Stout on a Stormbreaker label, I go, yep, because I've had good beer from them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, same goes for Backwoods. Same goes for Public Coast in Cannon Beach. I brought you back that uh, yep. the short can. It was like a short stack stout. I forget what, exactly what it was called. But I was like, I've had good beer here before. There's a stout on the tap list right now. I'm going to get it, right? It doesn't really matter. I'm going to get it because I know it's going to have interesting depth of flavor. And I I think that's what makes it so approachable for a lot of people, too. Great style. I'd love to see more of it. Um, you know, stouts, you, you take a chance packaging a stout just because you don't know what the market is. You know, not many people bounce from a Pilsner to an IPA to a stout like you might. But... Are there more devout drinkers of any style than stouts? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe IPAs, I guess. Yeah, but... maybe. But I mean, like stout drinkers are stout drinkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a hoppy kid. I'm always going to be one. I'm not going to deny this. I'm not going to try to get away with it. As we said last week, we might even be turning into crispy boys a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you know, with the crispy <laughs> boy phenomenon and loggers and all this stuff going on. Yes, I, I love it. You know what I did when I got done with the Bitburger Challenge? I walked to Bridgetown Beer House and had an IPA because I just I. As much as I had such great loggers, my palate was dying for a sta- for for an IPA. For a stout, you mean a stout <gasps> for for an IPA. Guys, I think, I think we did it. We finally changed them. <laughs> and I think stout drinkers are that tenfold. Like they got one, they got they got a buddy on the corner ready to hand them one. Like they can't <laughs> walk two blocks from pros. They need that right now. And and I think oatmeal is probably the most approachable. I will as, say, as you said, the smoothness, the that's what's the creaminess. That's what's interesting, though, is bourbon barrel-aged stouts are popping, right? There's Everyone does them now. Mm-hmm. Every single brewery does them. It's a special every single year. Some of them have multiple per year that they do. Some of them just package barrel-aged yeah. stouts. Uh, and Most of the Fremont we get in town is all barrel-aged right. stouts. Uh, but it's like that, that, to me, would be harder to get into. Maybe that's packaged because of the rarity of it, mm-hmm. the high ABV, the kind of uniqueness The trading, the cellaring. But, I, I mean, I'm looking at it and going... Why not do that with any of the other various stout varieties? And I'm sure we'll have episodes in the future where we dive into Irish stouts or American mm-hmm. stouts or whatever the differences are. And 
why not do it with those? You're getting the same flavors. You're just not getting the same alcoholic, the, the same ABV. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that extra little bourbon or gin or whatever flavor, maple flavor, because you're not barrel aging it. It's the same. Right. And you so and I, why why would it not succeed, in well, my opinion? Yeah, and you and I are pint drinkers. Yes. Like we want to drink a beer at a pint. Yes. You know, and you know, and and you like your barrel aged stuff more than I do, especially in the dark variety. You know, that a ten ounce is totally fine, but a lot of barrel aged stuff I just want like four ounces. To where these are the kind of stouts, the especially these oatmeals like we were talking about. Now, I bring dry Irish into it as well, but the oatmeals that we're talking about, these are the ones that if you're, that you can drink a pint. I can drink a pint of this uh, Stormbreaker. Yeah. You know, I could probably do, I could probably do half of the 22 of the Backwoods, but it's a little rich for my, for my palate as, as like a Schwarzbier dark Czech lager drinker or even a CDA from time to time, even though that's... A style that apparently nobody likes anymore. Although I did see uh, the, oh my God, I'm going to forget. Oh, Dark Thoughts by Berlick is uh, back on the show. Uh, yes, I got a text from our good friend Eldon who wanted to make sure you got some cans. So um, he might, I don't know. He was like, we'll figure we got some, no, some stuff. I want to make sure Mike gets some. Okay. I appreciate that, Eldon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I saw it at John's today and I was like, next stop. I'm, next time I'm coming here, I'm going to get some dark thoughts. Yep, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think this, yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, this is, this is the let's, let's drink this for a dark beer drinker. Right. Don't, don't be so swayed by the bourbon barrel age as much as you love it. This is just going to be as good and you can have more of it. Well, and if the rest of the market is like what we're seeing in front of us in terms of the wild variety between the two, like that's fun. Like that's a great trip that if you are a stout drinker and you can grab four different oatmeal stouts and they're all this different yet in the same vein, like that's great. You know, I wish I had that more in IPAs. I feel like IPAs a lot of the times are like, this is good and this isn't good. Right. And that's not as fun because I think both of these beers are good. There it's, have been times I've had oatmeal stouts that have not been super great, but it's it seems pretty few and far between for me. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. That's uh, oatmeal stout as our next style episode. Which was actually just a 20-minute a gab about how much you love stouts. <laughs> well, you know, you told me what was in it. Yeah. And then we share our life experiences, right? Fair enough. Fair That's enough. how we discuss styles. Uh, all right. So I'm bucking the trend a little bit. So normally when we have a certain style, the beer of the week is a different style. Uh-oh. It is a different style, but it's still dark. All and right. it's a brewery I've never had, but I've seen a lot of. Okay. I think you've had them. Color me intrigued. Uh, and it is in a very unique bottle for breweries, I think. Okay. You'll find out next because you're listening. That's how things work. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And Patrick is holding the beer that I chose. It, it is a dark beer, but it is not the same style. And no. I feel like it is actually going to be quite different enough that it will be a different style compared to what we did in Oatmeal Stouts today. Quite different. I think uh, it's dark. You know, I'll, I'll let you get into it. But uh, I would consider this very different. When you were kind of like, oh, I'm bucking the trend. I was like, are we really going to do another stout? Is he going barrel age? This is different. I'm into this. So this is a brewery I've seen all over the place, but I've never had before. It is Monkless Belgian Ales from Bend. Mm -hmm. This is the Meet Your Maker Belgian-style dark ale. Sounds like a Alice in Chains song. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's Man in a Box. Deny your maker. It sounds like any sort of metal song. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, he's tall, dark, and strong at 9% ABV. Not handsome? Come on, Monquist. <laughs> With depth of flavor and soul, Meet Your Maker is our flagship. Is it actually their flagship beer? I don't know. They make so many beers. An epiphany beer for the brave who seek it. The flavor shines through as dark fruit and caramel with a bit of chocolate and coffee and aromas of raisins and dates. A Belgian-style dark ale to enjoy slowly. And it says, enjoy in a snifter. And good thing we've got two snifters that were sitting at my desk, although sticky on the bottom for some reason. That uh, Looks like just yours, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happened is I had this uh, uh, commemorative Coca-Cola Timbers Championship can oh yeah and i think because it had been sitting there for so long some of it has leaked out the aluminum has degraded yes the coca-cola <laughs> inside which is complete poison and toxin for your body <laughs> the high fructose is eaten through the aluminum and it's now on the bottom of this glass Sweet. so this glass only has so much time to live <laughs> the reason that i oh, said i like these glasses the reason i said it was a, a unique bottle is because it's a cork so uh, cage and cork i get to pop the cork there you go. Hopefully that got over the uh, the microphone because I didn't want to explode anybody in the face. I'm looking at the uh, little dilly dally uh, computer thing, and there's definitely a little. There's a little noise there. Oh, little... every time I look at that, and you do this, does the same thing. That's cool. <laughs> Patrick learns radio today. <laughs> Hi, my name's Patrick. <laughs> All right, so let's pull totally this. Been... Hey, I'm new to radio. Okay. Lots of foamy <laughs> head right away. By Ooh, the way, yeah. Look at that. Uh, enjoy slowly. I'm really excited to, because you and I are going to, we're going to finish this up and then we're going to, you know, chat some baseball and, uh, I'm interested to see what this beer is going to taste like in like an hour. Oh yeah. Warmed up a little Let bit. Let it sit a little bit know? and, yeah. uh, and we'll get it in an hour. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. So we got some absolutely fantastic head retention immediately, which I think is kind of a staple of Belgian beers. And, uh, I had one actually... That's one thing I forgot in my weekend beer. This was what I was trying to find for my beer of the week, but I couldn't find it today. Is I had a block 15 barrel aged wit. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And it was so good. Yeah. And I was like, I need to make that beer of the week. And it wasn't, I couldn't find it. So mm. I don't know. Maybe I got like a lucky bottle where I, I got it at New Seasons. Maybe I got a lucky bottle. But uh, that also had a really good head on it because it was a barrel it was barrel aged but it was a wit so yeah. it had it had a decent head retention on it and uh i just i love watching when you pour these types of beers just watching it not go down i know it's like you have to take the sip to break it before it starts right. to fade back into the beer which i think is really cool uh, a little bit of info on monkless they are out of bend oregon as mike mentioned um these guys kind of showed up on the scene and i haven't had a ton of their beer I've had a little bit of tastes here and there. I'm not the, the the biggest Belgian guy, but I probably should start drinking more Belgian beers just to get a little more uh, comfortable and used to them. Um, but these guys come highly regarded. Um, I think they've done quite well at things like uh, Oregon Beer Awards and things like that locally. Um, I think these are it, – it's one of those – it's one of those types of things that's really difficult to do. It's really difficult to open a Belgian brewery. You know what I mean? That it's like, we just, this is what we do, and you got to dig it or you don't. And for everything I know, for everything I've heard, these guys are making it work. Well, So kudos to you guys. Take your first sip, because I just took mine. Uh, and my internal reaction, because I wanted to let you speak your, your due there, was, oh, wow. <laughs> it is very flavorful. It is very fruity. 
It is kind of like a darkish red color. Yeah, it's uh, like a it's like a cherry coke color. Not to be uh, concerned with the flavor. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. It is kind of a cherry coke fl- a color, uh, not flavor. And uh, it's funny. Different lights. You like you get jet black in certain lights, and then you get all the the red color in, in the other lights. This is a really good beer. This is a really cool beer. Um, I am digging this a lot. Fruity is what I get. I get mm-hmm. fruit, 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 and I'm trying to I'm trying to discern where I'm getting it. I'm getting it. it's 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 cherries. It's I'm gonna take another sip. They say raisins, which I think, and dates, which I think you do certainly get a bit of as well. Yeah, some kind like of grapey. A, yeah, some kind of grapey flavors with it. Hmm. I like this beer. Lots of depth of flavor in this Lots one. Lots of depth in this. I don't get a ton of, like, maybe I just need to drink more. I'm not getting a lot of, like, that Belgian yeast characteristic. I did on my very first sip. Yeah. I, again, as I prefaced earlier, you know, this is probably one of the furthest styles away from, you know, where this, you know, lesser train, like, no train, fake it till you make it palette is. You know, Belgians are probably about as far away as they can get. Uh, I I dig this. I dig this a lot. And we talked, you know, I mentioned we were talking about what's this beer going to taste like in an hour. That is what I cannot wait for. It's going to be very interesting because to find I out. think there's so many great flavors coming through on this. Eight twenty six p.m. Yeah, I I think the booze. I think the booze is is calmed down in it. I don't think it tastes necessarily nine percent. I mean, it, it definitely tastes some booze. Like I think, but as, maybe in as the lower s- eight range. As you sit on it without taking a sip, the booziness is kind of. Creeping back up on your tongue. I, a I would bit. agree. It kind of goes, hey, hey, you want to get drunk? <laughs> <laughs> you might already be there. Yeah, it's a party guy. Well, the, well the Belgian monks, you know, <laughs> they might have been uh, they might have been quiet, but that's just because they were loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Incapable of using their tongues. Yeah. There's Johnny. He's quiet again. God, that, why is that guy so quiet? Psh, psh, he's loaded. <laughs> he's so drunk. Yeah. It's where all of them do. <laughs> uh, yeah, my first, very first sip of this, before all the fruit hit... Mm-hmm. And right now the fruit's kind of dominating the palate, which is not a bad thing, but uh, I got kind of that Belgian yeast. I want to say banana-y because it's kind of like the... That's like the go-to flavor profile. That kind of hits me when I drink these kind of beers. But yeah, I had that flavor immediately. And now the fruit has taken over. It's, it's a really cool brewery. Like I said, I I am pumped to see anybody that's going to stick to their guns, do what they like, and do it well. Yes. Yes. I thought you were going further. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Sierra Nevada Palo. <laughs> we did it backwards and we got it in. We yeah. almost forgot again. I was so mad that we forgot a couple episodes broke ago. Broke the streak. Broke the streak. I did two of them in my solo episode just as, to, as a make good almost. <laughs> I was like, Sierra Nevada Paleo, whoa. Just because we forgot it, Sierra Nevada Paleo, whoa. <laughs> um, I think it would be fun to go to this place. I think I would love to sit down. A Belgian ale brewery is my kind of place for a taster tray. You know, that's my kind of thing. Um, this is this this type of beer, this type of brewery is if you're out there listening and you're a home brewer, if you're, you know, not to generalize home brewers, but I run into a lot of home brewers that love, you know, dark Belgian stuff, whether it's quads, um, barley wines, you know, all those different kind of they, they tend to be high booze. And I don't know. I don't want to like. Just throw in there that every home brewer just wants to get drunk, but Doppelbox and Icebox and and just my box for that, box in general for that. You know, I think this is a home brewer's 
dream beer right here. I've got a, a good friend of mine, Andy, who works uh, works with us. Uh, he's a brewer at Breakside. He would go gaga for this beer right now. Well, go out and try it because I've seen Monkless a lot of places. So you'll mm-hmm. be able to find them for sure. This is the Meet it's, Your Maker Belgian Style Dark Ale. It's not cheap. No. They're not cheap beers, but that's to be expected It's from also a, from it, a specialty brewery like that. It's also not as expensive as if you got like a really unique bourbon barrel stout. Yeah, it's not It's not as expensive as it could be. Let's just say- Like this beer was what? What'd you pay for this? Nine, nine bucks? Nine dollars. You could charge 11. Yes. And but it's nice that it's nine. And you're not getting like- I remember once my dad actually bought it for me. There is a, uh, a Crux stout that I can't remember the name of at the moment- that was a barrel-aged stout, had the purple. Purple was the color of their compass arrows, and it was $25. Oh, that's their, um, oh, what is it called? Oh, crap. I don't remember. If you They s- have a series. Yeah, if you've seen it, you know what it and is. And it sounds like, like a mistake, like whoops kind of series. Oh, gosh, I, I, don't I can't remember. I'm sure some, if, if any of you guys out there can uh, set me straight, that'd be right. It was $25, and I was like, I'm not buying this. My dad yeah. bought it for me, which was very nice. Oh, what a nice guy. So $9 compared to that is like, hey, hey 9 bucks. that's I'll fine. I'll totally buy this beer. Yeah, absolutely. 500 so. mil, you know, we've split it into into two snifters, and there's still, still, still some in there for that. you. I poured a pretty hefty pour, so most of that's Oh, true. you're going to let that sit? You're going to let in the glass sit? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sip. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna take the journey with it. So it as it starts to warm a little, I'm just gonna keep taking a sip. Well, here as you there. noticed, I am a fast drinker. You are. I am sipping this. Good. Compared to my normal spear, there's the nine percent. <laughs> Compared to my normal style of drinking, I'm like, yeah, let me just smooth out this a little bit. I know. Slow it down. I, everybody is a faster drinker than me. That's that's probably a good thing. Yeah. That's means you why, get to enjoy your beer more. I think that's just why I can drink all day. That and the alcoholism, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, all right, so that, that was it. That was uh, Monkless Meet Your Maker, Belgian-style dark ale. It is quite tasty. Give it a go. Give it a go. find it. All right, we got plenty more to get to over the next couple of weeks. We have yet to plan ahead, so I'm not even going to tease things because we disappoint you when we tease things. I will say this. Yes. I ran into Dave Fleming today. He had lunch at Ye Old Breakside because I had to work there today. And he once again reminded you that we have no, to do the episode. No, I reminded him. And oh. he was like, that sounds great. I just got to get out of fresh hop season. So oh, I that's think, right. Fresh hop season's yeah, coming. Yeah, that's what I was going to yes! say. Yes! So what we can do <laughs> is I think something that can be fun is, you know, we will keep you updated on our Instagram page. That's at Beers on Us. Um, if we see any, I know some are starting to roll out already. I saw two beers in Seattle has theirs out. They believe if you're not first, you're last in Fresh Hop. So they are always one of the first people. I saw that Occidental has one out as well. My good friend Nick, who works at Berlick, he I saw on his Instagram page that he was drinking one in his backyard. It was packaged, which is really exciting. Um, and Ex Novo's Elliot's got to be around the corner. That's usually a late August. That's like one of the first IPAs. Um, but Dave Fleming was talking to me about he's at Lucky Lab. They're about to release. They brewed today or they're brewing tomorrow. I don't remember a fresh hop hazy pale with Centennial that's going into cans and will be at every new seasons, all oh. 27 locations. Cool. So as Dave works to revitalize the Lucky Lab brand, um, getting in cans and new seasons and being a new season stamped on that label. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, hazy pale, not my thing, but 
Fresh hop hazy would be unique to try though. Fresh hop hazy is usually usually a little better in in my opinion because the hop think, character actually comes through. I do Hey-o. think we should do a fresh hop 2019 episode too because we did fresh hop last year as right. an episode, mm-hmm. but do it more as a, here's what's out this year. Let's give it a go because it's such an important part to the beer right. season. Right. I think and we should do that too. It's like Disneyland of the beer season. You know, it's like you get into winter and it's the dark beers, or you know, like so I love September because it's you know uh, Oktoberfest beers come out in September, and I dig that. Or you know, you start to see summer IPAs and things like that. Fresh hop is yeah. Fresh hops are like celebratory time of the year that everyone gets excited. You know, Breakside's doing ten fresh hops this year. You know, everybody wants to do as many as they can, as much as they can get their hands on, and that's really exciting. I mean, we could even do little like tasting room type vignettes within each episode whether we're talking about something else but throwing a little 10 minute hey i've got this backwoods hey i've got this Stormbreaker. let's talk about it real quick we could do a ton of stuff the 10 breaksides aren't going to beat the oligarchs though <laughs> not going to beat the 10 oligarchs won't do there it there's only eight oligarchs well there were 10 in my heart <laughs> so we'll figure it out as we go but we will definitely be fresh incorporating hop, fresh, fresh hops, hops fresh hops fresh hops into the episodes as they continue to be released. If you have any ideas for episodes you'd like to hear us do, feel free to let us know on Instagram at Beers on Us. Send us a DM and, and let us know any any information you want. Some things take planning, and uh, we've both been super busy lately, so the planning has kind of gone out the window. But... October, or sorry, August and September are effed for me. Well, you're almost out of August. I'm almost out of August. September slows down a little, but yeah. And then we'll get back back on track. I've got family in town this weekend, or else I'd say, let's record. Oh, you're going to be in Seattle. I was going to say, let's record the Oregon City one this weekend, but I, gotta I go, cannot. I got to go to my brother. He's getting married. Well, he's not. He's getting married next year, but they're like all fancy and like want to throw a party. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to get me out of town. I'm going to go to Seattle, hang out with them, check Rubens, maybe catch a baseball game. Sounds good to me. Yeah. We'll be back next week, Thursday, 4 o'clock, and uh, we'll be just as surprised as you are when we find out what the topic is. Thanks so much for listening, though, guys. Trey says... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.